and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm so excited to drop in with you today. This episode is already feeling really timely and really divine. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Liana Naima is a spiritual wellness practitioner specializing in an array of healing arts such as mindfulness meditation, energy healing, and breath work. Her practice is rooted in intuitive knowledge that trusts in the innate wisdom of the body. She creates brave containers for people to confront energetic blockages with curiosity and care. Her playful spirit makes the healing process enjoyable, operating from the heart. She invites people to meet her there for heart-centered transformations of mind, body, and spirit. I need not say more. You all know why she's here after hearing that bio. Thank you for being here. Welcome, Liana. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a joy. So I'm just here. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to dive in. I have been following you on social for a while, sort of like lurking and just loving everything you share. And I feel like I'm going through a bit of a existential crisis, as many of us are, on this journey of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and motherhood. And everything you post, like reading your bio, is just that. It feels enjoyable. It feels like it makes me want to step into the healing process and like feel excited by these things. And today I was just screenshotting different things that that you've posted and that I resonated with. And it's just this softness. I wrote, I feel like you're speaking to me softly, but powerfully. And it's just been an honor to watch you from afar. So I would love for you to share with my audience some context, a bit about your journey, how you got here and anything that feels really important to sort of share before we drop in today. Awesome. So um, I think today I'll start with sharing that I was born and raised in New Orleans. I think that context is like really important. My father is an established artist in the French market in New Orleans. So I spent a lot of time in the French quarters, surrounded by art and music and really decadent food and culture. I was deeply sort of entrenched in this world of beauty. Um, And also with New Orleans is actually a very violent and dangerous city. So I always like to share that because even though I'm from such a beautiful place, it definitely has a shadow aspect. Mm. So being from that city really taught me not being afraid of my colors, um, not being afraid of my nuances. And then after Hurricane Katrina, I ended up moving to the Northeast. Uh, I went to Bryn Mawr for undergrad, and then I moved to New York City to do New York City teaching fellows. I'm a teacher full time. And then uh, when I turned 25, I had this really devastating, unexpected psychosomatic back injury, which was completely stress induced. And I was planted on the ground uh, for six months. I was on tramadol, Vicodin, Percocet, about 12 to 14 pills a day, barely walking. A month before I got back surgery, I met my partner. I've been with him for eight years. And he was like, you need to turn inward, girl. You have a lot of internal chaos and unprocessed trauma and material that's really screaming for your attention. So probably 
four to six months after us being together, we flew out to San Francisco and we did an ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. with the Santo Daime Church. And that kicked off sort of my relationship with plant medicine for my own internal healing. And in plant medicine spaces, I started attracting people. Um, I started channeling medicine songs. I started intuitively doing energy work. And I just became super open uh, very fast. And I didn't know what to do with this stuff. So by like 2016, I got Reiki attuned. And then I started doing breathwork training um, a couple years after So in regards to like my formal training, I'm like Reiki master, vortex energy healer. Uh, I don't know what words to use. Breathwork practitioner. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically got all these trainings to sort of catch up with my already super open channel to just let my ego feel like I know what I'm doing, even though intuitively I always kind of knew what I was doing. Like from like a real past lifetime, this shit is like very old in my DNA (laughs) level. And I've just been fortunate. You know, I've worked with hundreds of one-on-one clients. I've done workshops. I've done corporate offerings. And I even have like a private, um, it's not really private. Well, I have an invite only uh, medicine community just for people of color. Mm. So I'm like deep in this world. And I do so many things. (laughs) I mean, you can be all of the things, you know, and I just think that I'm so now realizing why I'm so drawn to you. It's so funny as, you know, somebody also who I'm sort of, I wear a lot of different hats. So I have this business, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, but also a microdose practitioner, a Reiki master, a certified astrologer, you know, and so just (laughs) finding our place in it all, I feel like we find each other. And we're really like these bridges, you know, that are meant to bring this work, I think, to the masses and, and the way that you share the sacred work that you're doing publicly, I just feel like it's landing. It really is that bridge. And so hearing your journey and your story, I just like feel so in resonance with, with so much. And I feel like we could go in so many different directions, but the (laughs) word that, so thank you for sharing all of that. What a beautiful journey. And I didn't know any of that. So fun to, I love meeting people, like really meeting people for the first time live. It's like one of my favorite things. And the word that stuck out to me, the absolute most out of all of that was internal chaos. And I feel like this is something I am just recently, I'm in talk therapy for the first time in the decade and a lot's happening for me. What I'm realizing is the internal chaos is just has grown louder as my external life seems as if it's grown like more successful or my neighbor the other day said something like, it seems like I really have my shit together. And I just burst out in laughter because what (laughs) she sees is just, you know, a homeowner, somebody who has a company, but it's like the internal chaos is what's really top of mind for me. And oftentimes, unless like a partner is at that level of being able to identify like the internal experience and turning inward. And I'd love to start there with this word. And it's what stuck out to me the most when we were emailing earlier. And obviously it stuck out to you as well, um, this topic, because you had shared with me that you actually wrote a letter (laughs) to chaos. And (laughs) I would love to start with this. It's something I feel we can all connect to is like this feeling of chaos, which for me is the opposite of feeling safe in my nervous system. And I would love to just immediately jump in with your perspective and what's coming up for you around this today. For sure. It's just so much material. It's just like so rich in material. So where do we go? Where do we go with the, with chaos? Like truly, like where do we go? So you know, I've had it very real on the internal level and external level, which I'm sure every human being has. And you know, recently, I in the past like two weeks, I had two very unexpected deaths. 
Um, my uncle passed away unexpectedly and one of my spiritual teachers. So I have really just felt this sort of like shattering of even my center and finding my center. So, you know, I wrote these words like right before we hopped on and I'll just share them now because I think it really encapsulates like the messiness of chaos and also the gift of it at the same time in regards to our, our spiritual evolution. There's a tremendous amount of growth that happens when we're surrendering into this discomfort instead of resisting it or denying it. It's pressing the gas pedal. You know, nothing will will trigger your growth quite like a chaotic internal or external world. Um, so I'll just share this now. I wrote... Dear Chaos, thank you for contributing to my relationship with the unexpected. At times, you've shattered my known reality to fortify me into a new way of being. You've taught me how to dance, sing, and breathe through unknown terrain to find my center. You've ripped the boundaries of my center and caused me to find a way when a way was unclear. You've blinded me and given me night vision. <laughs> I've learned to accept, allow, and align with hard truths for my soul's betterment. Mm. I've placed my ego on the chopping block to stand bare and naked with the wind as the elements coming and going, going and coming, perfectly impermanent. So I just wanted to... <laughs> Yeah, I just read that. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Casual. I just read that. <laughs> but- Thank you for sharing that. That was so – now you can all know if you didn't immediately go to Instagram as soon as we started recording, you can start to understand the words. And it just feels in such – it's so timely. I mean, obviously, always everything's right on time. But it can feel hard on the spiritual path to find center when there is so much internal and external chaos. And the internal chaos really rings true for me because I'm really big on authenticity. And I think from the outside, you know, it can be really easy to just assume somebody's world is one way. And one thing that my husband says, because he's an introvert, I feel like we have really solid partners after just listening to your, um, you know, quick intro there is that he has a really rich internal experience. And my internal experience is really chaotic. It's like the opposite of like, I wouldn't use that word rich. Like it doesn't feel juicy. It doesn't feel that way. And yet I've been on the spiritual path for so long. And it's like, as easy it is for me to remember, it's equally as easy for me to forget. (laughs) And so my life is just like remembering and forgetting and remembering and forgetting and around and around we go. And, and I love that you bring like gratitude and light to the shadow of chaos because it really has like gotten us here. And if we walk the talk and believe what we say we do, like we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And so I think what I really appreciate just about that and your words is like, it's the paradox and you lean into both. I joined something of yours a while back about like shadow work. And you were talking about like the importance of the shadow and bringing gratitude towards the shadow. I'm obviously, you know, butchering it at the, at the time. I think it was on Clubhouse. Was that it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> what I'm talking about? I know, I know what you're talking about. This was yeah. probably like two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've been around. I've been here. I've been watching. And I just love the way that you bring like gratitude to the work. And I am really excited by this idea of, I don't know, it's just you're talking about it differently. And I wonder if you can talk more to that about like really what you're disrupting and and working with your clients and these blockages and things like that and making it feel easy and playful and light. Like how do we do that? How do you make grief and these really heavy chaotic experiences 
how do you help your clients and yourself bring that playful energy and like bring that lightness to these types of topics? Yeah, I definitely will say like right off the bat, I'm not like a love and light type of healer. I'm like the type that's like, let's see it all. Like, let's yeah. bring up the anger. Like, let's scream. Let's bring up uh, the material that you're afraid to look at. So in that way, I definitely am more kind of like a shadowy type of healer in regards to helping folks like really see all of their colors and value all of their colors. When you were speaking, I was thinking about the internal chaos really being this moment of our identity sort of like shattering in real time because we're like, this is what I know. This is how I think life is. This is who I am. And this is no longer true. (laughs) So I feel like on an egoic level, we're constantly trying to hold on to pieces of ourself as like, this is me. This is me. And chaos is like, no. You're none of these things. You're all of these things, my love. And it is so profound when we're not holding on to anything because we're actually touching into universal truths of impermanence, our own impermanent nature, the impermanence of life itself, and even how we're identifying in this world being impermanent. Mm. So I 100% know that landscape of, I don't know who I am right now. And I'm struggling to identify with this persona, you know, that people see and have projections of me. And they're like, oh, you own your house. You have this beautiful family. Look at your husband. And people are like throwing all of these identifiers on you. And you're like, ah. I'm like the wind right now. I'm like the air. Like I don't even, I'm just flowing sort of aimlessly with life. And it is very beautiful just flowing Mm -hmm. and just allowing ourselves to surrender into the river of life itself. And when we drop these anchors of defining ourselves, that's actually when we're kind of slowing down a little bit of just giving like a snapshot of like, oh, this is who I am right now. (laughs) So I really struggle with that. I really struggle with language. I really struggle with the limitations of words. And I feel like internally, I just feel, you know, not trying to sound woo-woo. I just feel like energy sometimes. And I'm just this sort of energetic thing moving about on the planet. And then someone's like, what's your name? What do you do? Are you in a relationship? Yeah. What's your five-year plan? Immediately, <laughs> immediately, right? Just like identity and projection and identity and projection. And I think it's, you know, I always go back and forth in the paradox because I love experiencing all there is to about the human experience and being in a body and having an ego and enjoying like that part of life. And, and when I said that, I feel like you bring a playfulness and a lightness to that. It's, it's not the love and light. It's not the bypassing of it. It's like, you make me excited to look at all of it, right? Like you bring an excitement and a lightness to the work. And I think for me right now, so much is coming up in terms of my shift in just who I am, what I believe, and like evolving that way, the business has all of these work wounds, identity, and like tied in that self-worth, et cetera. Now becoming a mom, like it's a new projection, it's a new identity. And what I am having trouble with as sort of, I wouldn't call myself a leader, but somebody who shares from a space of lessons learned. I don't have anything packaged to say. And what I love about what you're sharing is like finding some type of grounding in the discomfort, in the unknown. Because for me, I don't typically share or express until I got this from yoga teaching back in my early 20s. I never wanted to like dump my baggage right Mm -hmm. on the room. And so I would never share unless I had that like aha moment or that really clean clarity that I can then deliver. And I'm not in a space of clarity at all. (laughs) And so in terms of finding that 
some type of peace or safety. For me, a lot of it is around feeling safe in my nervous system and dealing with anxiety and depression and now postpartum OCD and ADHD is getting thrown in there. And I'm like, wait, okay, these are just more labels. (laughs) This is like the opposite of what I was going for. And so I think that piece that you speak to of like finding stillness or peace in the chaos is really profound for me because it's almost giving me like permission to not have to find the answer, to not have to heal it, name it, express it, create a course on it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. I can't remember where I read this once. Um, I think it's like an Albert Campus Campus quote. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's a philosopher. The quote is just about like, how hard it is to play human, essentially, like how hard it is to sort of contort ourselves and to perform daily, like what it means to be in this body and in our society. There are so many structures that we were born into, you know, the patriarchy, like white supremacy, like we were born into this. And it's like, we're having to contort around these standards and define and redefine. And it's suffocating. It's like genuinely very suffocating. I mean, little suffocating after having to pay rent. Like, why are we paying rent? Why are we paying for food? It's like, it's like some of these things in our reality just make no sense. It makes no sense that we are, that money is still even a concept in my world. It's like, I don't understand this archaic reality sometimes. <laughs> I would love to see your astrology chart. How much Aquarius do you have in your chart? <laughs> it's it's my north node, um, but my my sun sign is Cancer. My moon, Venus, and Mars are Leo. My Mercury's in Gemini. My rising's Taurus. So I'm like a Leo, like Aquarius type yeah. of gal. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm I'm literally to the point with this world where I'm like everything is going to is falling apart. Let's be honest, due to COVID, all of the systems as we know it, our education system, our healthcare system, our government, everything in real time is is re- is restructuring itself due to the pandemic. So, what a moment of chaos. <laughs> what a moment of discomfort. I feel like now we're trying to tap back into familiar normalcy. We're like, oh, like this is how much I used to go out like pre-COVID and this is how often I would see my friends and there's nothing to hold on to mm. for the collective anymore. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people aren't speaking of, but we see it in the economy right now. We see that some very major shifts are happening. Yeah, there's a lot of shifting. There's a lot of energy. I'm a huge, I I love the language of energy. I talk about business energetics. I talk about just all these different energies that that we can connect to and and tap into. And I do feel this, this energy around like pivoting and innovation and what you just said around holding on. It's like the ego, I think, does such a funny thing. Like, we have this knowing. And then oftentimes it takes so long between the knowing and the action, right? Because the ego comes in. And I think what's coming up in a lot of conversations for me, even with my husband and his business, like in so many different sort of instances, is this unwillingness to pivot. It's like we're holding on to the familiar, even though it's killing us. (laughs) literally (laughs) like literally and 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 yet it's like it's so funny because in some parts of our lives I feel like it's really easy to pivot it's really easy to say that's not working and for whatever reason our ego is spared and we can like quickly make a pivot maybe it's on medication right like you have a response you pivot like something like that but for for whatever reason, there are certain things that the ego just like wants to hold on so tight. And I was sharing this with my husband because there's an area in his business where he's just so unwilling to pivot. And it's hilarious to me because he literally has no ego. Like he doesn't need to be right. You know, fighting with him is like boring. And (laughs) because he's just like, so like, you know, 
excited to be proven wrong. (laughs) And he sees that as banter and an opportunity to learn. He has a lot of Aquarius. And yet I'm sort of stuck in the human a lot with my moon and cancer. Mm. And I'm just feeling everything all the time. And so this like holding us down, like we have the knowing and when we can shorten that distance between the knowing and the acting. And I think that's what's really interesting to me is like where in our lives do we have this knowing of whatever we're doing is not serving us. It's not serving the collective. It's not serving humanity. And yet we're letting it like take us down. And what you're speaking to is just like no more. Like we have to let it go. We have to let it die if we want to evolve. And I would love for you to share like how you let those layers go, like how you work through that process, not just with yourself, but, you know, with your clients and and in your practice, because it's just, it's everywhere to me. And when we're looking at the friends and the family or the clients and the people we love, it's so obvious what's in their way. And, and yet it's just taking action can feel I don't know, so overwhelming. I think people are really overwhelmed. This post-COVID world, there's just, there's a vibe. And how do we, how do we, you know, where do we go? How do we know where to let go and and know where to lean in? How do you, you know, work with your intuition in, in that way? Yeah. I really try to approach like the life force energy like in and around us is just love. Like I'm, I like to really believe in the fact that I'm living in a love-based world. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't see it all the time, even though I don't practice it all the time, it has to sort of be my fuel because I'm, I'm constantly still oscillating between like anxiety and depression and my own fears internally. I am just dropping the material very mindfully. So I'm incredibly mindful. Like I live a mindfulness-based life. Every single day is mindfulness for me and really sort of regulating my nervous system, like you already shared earlier, like the importance of that. But I'm really comfortable just meeting the material as a gift. Mm. Um, You know, being an educator full-time every day, five days a week, I'm around 50 teenagers. I live in a world of complete chaos. (laughs) Like I try to create harmony in my classroom, but I can't control them. I can't, you know, beat them into submission. I can't scream at my students. Like, and I'm a, you know, I'm a special educator. I teach uh, juniors. So I think just that space of my life, like being in true external chaos has allowed me to be okay with the internal chaos because Mm -hmm. I have such little control um, over so many aspects of my life that I also just view it on like this really sort of microscopic level of like my little individual liberation Mm -hmm. is surrounded by so many things out of my control that even with, with collective liberation, it's okay. Like nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. This next breath is not guaranteed. I'm very close to impermanence. And that is through, you know, I, I've done Vipassana meditation. I did like my first Vipassana last year. So I'm, I'm just very close to the knowing that life is impermanent. And therefore, if I'm leaning into that impermanence and living mindfully, I'm okay with whatever it is, with whatever the material is, whatever the lesson may be, um, because I know it's not going to stick around for too long and I'm just going to touch it like like a lily pad. You know, I'm just going to gracefully touch my sadness. I'm going to touch my resentment. I'm going to touch, you know, my jealousy, my frustration, my uncertainties, my joy. Uh, I think we're always addicted on some level to the more positive emotions um, that we're actually having an aversion to the more challenging emotions that's causing us not to see that even our joy is impermanent. You know, I laugh very deeply, very loudly. I cry very loudly and very deeply as well. You know, I feel so much in this world. I feel so much in this world. I feel it all. (laughs) 
It's so beautiful. And I think what you're doing is just, it's such a remembering. And I really feel that the best spiritual teachers remind us of our own power, remind us of our own internal wisdom and knowing. And that's how I feel when I read your words. And when I hear you speak, it's like, I know this. For thousands of years and <laughs> lifetimes and lifetimes. And yet that humanity, that human moment, you know, one of my spiritual teachers always says, you know, in a moment of jealousy or, you know, we're just looking at an emotion that arises and he goes, your humanity is showing, you know? And I find that to be, I used to get like, offended by it. And now I see it as a place to like meet myself and learn something new about myself. And I really appreciate, I feel like what you just shared is so profound in just meeting the energy and what you had shared earlier today around an energy coming up for you before. I loved the way you said, I'm like experiencing the energy of this. So it's not like I'm experiencing this. It's I am experiencing the energy of it. Like you are not that. And there's just like a little separation that occurs there that allows you to like observe more. And I would love for you to share more about that process, how you help people navigate through emotions, especially the difficult emotions, because that has been a micro shift for me in this conversation. And it feels like a really tangible takeaway where I'm almost inviting the reaction. I'm inviting my humanity to like show me where I can grow, where I can look deeper, where I can uncover. And I really appreciate that about your process and meeting these energies as they come. Can we go a little bit deeper on that, like with grief or, you know, some of these heavier energies and emotions and even maybe something lighter like jealousy or you were mentioning imposter syndrome before, like it comes up, okay, it's here. We're seeing it as a gift, but now what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was feeling like a tremendous amount of imposter syndrome today, even before getting on this podcast. I... I'm not going to lie to you. I must have spent probably like two hours today just like grappling internally. I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I like? Do I have anything of value to share? Do I even know what I'm doing? Like, who am I going to show up as? Is my voice going to crackle? Am I going to speak too high? Am I going to speak too low? Am I going to be relatable? Um, So it's just, it's just so funny. Like the brain is just so funny. And when I think is incredibly human and what gives me a tremendous amount of grace is that I know every single human being deals with this. You know, I have to see like the shared common humanity in the material and how our brains operate. Mm. And then I have to go into my toolkit and determine like, how am I going to shift this? Um, I did something today, which I've never done before is I literally took out my singing bowls and I was playing with my singing bowls for like 30 minutes before getting on this call because I'm like, I feel so frenetic. I feel all over the place. I don't want to bring this to the call. So really just knowing your tools um, is always important for everyone, you know, knowing if it's yoga, if it's dance, if it's singing, if it's whatever it may be, if it's the breath, um, if it's energy, knowing your tools, recognizing that it's impermanent. And Mm. with, you know, imposter syndrome, I'm always impressed by it sometimes. I'm like, where, (laughs) where are you coming from? Like, how how old are you? Like, I'm like, are are you six? Are you 15? Like, how old is this feeling internally? Um, Mm. Is it past lifetime stuff? Like, is it just being seen? Like, I have no clue, you know, the age of some of this stuff and, it is really sort of this ageless teacher um, that sits in our nervous system that we're always working through of just still showing up and still choosing love and still saying yes. You know, mm-hmm. I really love the Shonda Rhimes um, TED talk on the year of yes and her just saying yes to all of the things that were scaring her. So yes to our fears, um, yes to chaos, and yes to just still trusting that 
this is for our evolution. And it's not supposed to make sense and it will not make sense. I've had so many moments in my life bringing back up, you know, the grief that I'm experiencing right now, you know, losing uh, my, my spiritual teacher. I don't think I've had a person that I was like, I'm ready to learn everything <laughs> from them. And I truly felt that on like a deep soul level, I'm ready to learn everything from you. <laughs> I'm ready to sit at your feet and just like, I've never uh, felt that before in my 33 years, you know, including my schooling. I've never felt that I was that ready to learn from someone. And she passed away completely unexpectedly, and I, I won't go too much into it, but it feels like something was ripped away from me too soon. And um, I, I've never felt an emotion like this. I've never felt um, a sadness this deep. So this is something that's an honor to also experience because thinking of like my ancestors, I'm like, I'm sure the women before me weren't able to feel <laughs> this deeply and to sit with the magnitude of these bottomless emotions. Uh, grief is bottomless, joy is bottomless, and we can be addicted to them. I do feel that grief and imposter syndrome and all of these things are just teachers yeah. and and I'm not afraid of any teacher and I'm not afraid of any lesson. Um, and I've really digested bitter medicine from life and sweet medicine from life. And I trust that the material, whether it's bitter, whether it's sweet, it is what I most need uh, for my highest potential, for my highest good, because I am so in alignment like with my higher self right now that I know <laughs> that whatever the material is, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and that's how I managed to be so present in the shit. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I mean, I just resonate so deeply. I My spiritual practice saves me every day and it's the tools that bring me back. It's my teachers, you know, bowing at the feet and I'm just so grateful to meet people on their own spiritual path. We have totally different teachers. We have totally different practices and prayers. And yet there's such a sense of oneness when I hear you speak to your practice. And as cliche as it is, you know, in Nepal, whenever you greet anybody on the streets, it's namaste, namaste. And for me, it's like, it just gives me full chills because it's like, I see you. That's what you're saying. It's not just like, hi, it's like my literal soul is seeing your soul. And only in that place when I'm in that place in me and you're in that place in you, like that's when we're one. And that is what we're saying. And so regardless of language, regardless of, you know, these little children in these Nepali villages, namaste, they look at you and like <laughs> they mean it and I feel seen. And what I think that universal theme is, and it's so funny, I want to I wanna come back to the imposter syndrome that you were speaking to because what my experience was, was I'm inferior than. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to speak to this person today who is so powerful and so inspiring and so soft and so grounding and I won't be enough. And, you know, it's just I wasn't even thinking about how you were going to show up, you know, like that wasn't even in, I was having too busy having my own experience. And that's oftentimes what I share with my clients because I have a marketing agency and my whole entire life is basically dedicated to helping people face resistance and share their gifts with the world. And so this imposter syndrome is a major, major thing piece of resistance. And for me, it just is an opportunity to share your authentic, like to me, resistance equals authenticity because your mm. ego is trying to keep your soul at bay. And that's where resistance is coming from. And that's how I try and describe it to my clients. Like it's actually an amazing indicator that you're onto something and like, where is that fear coming? Let's go there. Like, let's work on that. Let's launch that thing. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of your experience today, coming back to, I think 
leaders and why I see you as a leader in in the world that I'm a part of is because you make me feel seen. You make it about me. And so regardless of your grief and your experience and what you're going through and how you're showing up frenetic, this like your posts and your shares are like, it. I don't even, like, it's almost like I welcome and am excited to learn that you too are experiencing the internal chaos and that you too haven't mastered it all. I think when we can just be a few steps ahead of our audience or of our customers or clients, it's like, we're just lighting the candle. We're just, you know, lighting the way, but it's not untouchable and it's not unreachable. And that's the bridge. And so I just so appreciate you sharing that story because I don't think people would expect you to feel I wouldn't, you know, and it makes me feel just like I can relax a little bit. And I think in the community, I'm in a private business mastermind that I don't know how I ended up in. And I just keep thanking my lucky stars. I'm like, I've done something right to have been invited into this space. And hearing the stories and the struggles of other people that I look up to and like sort of the beef that they have or the falling out they had or the assistant that rage quit and all these things that make us feel so horrible. And then I see these really successful or in my opinion, right, I'm putting that projection on them also experiencing like humanity (laughs) and their own human um, is just such a powerful reminder of the oneness. And I think when we can show up in service to whoever it is that we're there to support and heal and care for, then it doesn't matter what's going on with us. Because once we shift into service, and for me on this podcast, I said at the beginning, I trust so fully because I reikied you, I reikied the podcast, I reikied the audience, (laughs) I said my prayers of allow me to open my heart so she can open hers, give them what they need, allow the messages to come through. So we can't go wrong. And so it's so hard though for me to put that back onto myself, right? Like it was, and so I think, you know, we see other people and we see experiences as inflow or whatever it is. And then when I come back to me, I'm like, well, of course it's going to go right. I'm amazing at hosting and lighting people up. This is a gift. Like seeing this as an exciting opportunity instead of getting in my ego And it was my assistant here who's watching my baby today and is sort of nervous and like, you know, mulling around the house, stalking you on Instagram. And she was (laughs) like, just show up in service like you always do. You know, she's such a fairy. I call her my fairy because she's like (laughs) so light and just leads sound healings all over Santa Cruz. And I just have like the best vibe of her. And she just reminds me, just show up in service. Like, what are we doing? Get up there, you know? And I think for me, that's my remembering is like, if we can just be, I'm in service to you, I'm in service to our listeners. And my responsibility is to just share from the heart and yet the resistance and the imposter and the ego and around and around we go. So it's just so beautiful to hear your story and your journey and your like deep knowing but also that you too, you know, are experiencing the full spectrum <laughs> of, of it all. And for me, I'm, I love your gratitude. And I think sometimes I try and bypass the heaviness with gratitude. So mm-hmm. I'll be feeling really shameful or guilty or having one of those experiences. But then I'm like, but I'm so grateful, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. And just not really letting myself feel that imposter syndrome for a second and like sit with where this is coming from. Like you said, is this six? Is this old? And just <laughs> questioning it, cur- getting curious with it. And um, I just feel like I have so many tactical takeaways from speaking with you and transforming. It's really about, you know, transforming the energy. And we are so capable of doing that. And Anytime I'm like in one of my moods, I feel like my spiritual teacher speaks to me through memes and music. 
Um, <laughs> I actually never met him. It's Neem Karoli Baba Maharaji, who I'm a devotee of. And I cry all the time. I grieve him without even having known him. So I feel what you're going through in, in like a micro, you know, in some capacity, because that grief of never having been able to sit at the feet of Neem Karoli Baba is like, part of the Leela, <laughs> you know, it's like part of my lessons of impermanence and, and detachment. So I feel like we could go on forever, but I would love for you to share how people can get more connected to you, what you've got going on in terms of offerings. I know a lot of people are going to be really in resonance and wanting to hear more and learn more. So I'd love for you to share what you're up to right now and what feels really exciting in terms of what's coming up for you. Beautiful. Um, so right now, what's exciting? <laughs> I'm I'm leading a workshop at the Omega Institute this summer uh, for the Wisdom of Reiki conference. So if any listeners oh, cool. are wanting to delve deep into learning about energy healing, Reiki specifically, I'm going to be one of the speakers there. So just wanted okay. to share about that. It's happening in July. I am still seeing clients one-on-one. Um, people are more than welcome to check out my offerings on my website. And I think that's it for what I want to share for offerings. I also wanted to leave us with like a quote um, that I just really digested a couple days ago. My friend Koya Webb said this quote, um, and I think it really helped me today when I was dealing with imposter syndrome. She said, if you are not yourself, no one can love you as you truly are. Most people need all of you. Some people will be triggered but most people need all of you. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm really proud of us because we showed up as our full selves. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, I'm so happy with, with how we both showed up today because I just know it's really in service and I can feel that in your sharing. I can feel that in your work. And I think that's like the same, no same, you know, I like to when I, you just see it in someone and it's like, I see you, I see you across the interwebs, across the, you know, I just, I see what you're doing and thank you for your work and for making so many people, myself included, feel so seen and just reminding me that I have it, you know, like that's, I think the real I said this before, but of an amazing spiritual teacher and leader is you feel better in their presence. You feel more empowered. You know, it's, there's none of that. Like I was feeling less than, and now I'm like, yeah, I'm empowered. I know how <laughs> I bring on the emotions, you know, and I'm just excited. So I'm just grateful to be a part of your community and all that you do. And I was going to end with, if you did have a prayer for people who do come through your world and even your students, like the people that you are energetically connecting with and working with on a daily basis or even virtually online, what is your prayer for people who find your work and connect with you? Beautiful. Um, I think I'll just do like a little a little prayer slash blessing for us to find our center because we were talking about chaos quite a bit. Okay. All right. So wherever you are, wherever you may be in the world, just deepening the natural breath. Connecting downward, allowing your energy to connect downward into the center of the earth. And just feeling the weight of your body being held by the earth itself. Energy of your crown dropping, sinking. Your third eye softening. Allowing your voice to be settled. And as we reach your heart space, just allowing your mind to rest in your heart, trusting in the fact that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. 
and you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You are an expression of love. You are presence as presence. And in your heart, you can trust that you are in alignment for your highest potential and highest good. Nowhere to go, no one to be, just breathing in your essence. and softening with every exhale. Thank you, thank you, thank you for knowing the wisdom of your heart and staying close to the earth. And so it is. And so it is. Super short little practice. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I want more of that. I'm having some like marketing ideas right now go off in my head. So we're going to end <laughs> on that note. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Let's do this again sometime. I'd love to. <laughs> for everyone listening, thanks for being on this journey. This was such a beautiful episode and I promise to continue to share inspiring and messy parts of the journey along the way. So thank you for being here and until next time, keep